0: about how he would secure those things because be kept confidential and not have triggers or computers walk off. So he wanted to talk with me to see how he would set up those locks because each room has three doors. <laughs> so, you know, do you want three keys for one room. It just got very complicated. We got through all of that and then he started to talk with me about his recent trip with his family to Italy and what a wonderful time they had. And then he said, you can't believe how many pictures I have of doors. <laughs> now those of you who have been in Europe, almost any place in Europe, know that the doors are very unique, uh, all of them, seemingly different. But he commented about how welcoming those doors seemed. And then he said, when you went in, it's a house or perhaps a hotel or some other building, there was a wonderful foyer. He was so struck by that expression of hospitality in, in a particular place. How a door and an entry could make such a difference. Well, as he was telling you about that, I was thinking about the old parish house, which we celebrate today. It will be coming down soon. And how many people have come through its doors? How many people have come in and hopefully were welcomed? And how many members are contained? And then I thought about the new parish house that we will build. And wondering, what will those doors be like? What will that entry feel like? And most of all, will those doors be doors of welcome? Or will they be doors that indicate separation? In my prayer, of course, it says, they will be doors of welcome. Well, as I was preparing uh, this sermon, <laughs> my honor my I am the gate, and in, if you translate, read literally, I am the door. The fourth Sunday of Easter is often called Good Shepherd Sunday, and for good reason, because we have that collet which acknowledges Jesus as the Good Shepherd. We also before mind they could not believe that this man was healed. But they were also upset that if he in fact was healed, Jesus was a sinner, because he did it on the Sabbath. And they finally cast the man out, the scripture says. And then Jesus seeks the man once more, and talks with him. And in the course of that conversation, the man realizes, the man that did heal realizes that he's with the Messiah. Falls down, and worships him. Now, apparently there were some uh, there were some Pharisees who were near and could hear that conversation, and observe what was going on. And they encountered Jesus and they challenged him. And that brings us to where we are today, in this particular gospel lesson. What Jesus, what we heard read, was Jesus' response to those Pharisees and an opening up of what that sign. And so, this is where we begin. It's not just one of these wonderful pastoral scenes, but rather it is a challenging time for Jesus. He's being challenged as to who he is and what his mission is. Well, Jesus begins uh, to respond to those Pharisees by presenting this uh, beautiful image of the shepherd and the sheep, and it's uh, in that image, it's a metaphor that he give them some insight into who he is and what his mission is. And he says that the sheep know the voice of the shepherd. And the shepherd knows each of the sheep by name. So there's an intimacy that he's describing of that relationship. Well, the Pharisees still don't understand what he's talking about. So Jesus goes on and he tries something different. And he says, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved, and will come in and go out and find pasture. In that metaphor, seeing Jesus as the gate, we see in that protection provided by that gate. But also, the gate goes both ways. It's also going out finding sustenance. And throughout the, the, the Gospels, we see Jesus providing sustenance. Remember the feeding of the 5,000, and remember the time that he uh, turned into the water and wine and wine and And there are many other times in the Gospel we see Jesus bringing people together around sustenance. So that's one thing, I think, that we see in this image of Jesus as a gate. The can you imagine? What it meant to the man who was born blind. That man no longer had to go about in darkness. Rather, he was able to go around and see it. No longer did he have to disobey for a living. Rather, he could make his own living. So, for that man, Jesus, the gate opened up something wonderful to life. Well, then Jesus says, the most wonderful thing I think that we hear in Scripture. Are some of the most beautiful words that Jesus spoke. He says, I came
1: that you may have life
0: and have it abundantly. Now, if you read through that whole account, it goes from the first chapter. They talk about the sin of the man that Lord blind. Was it his fault? Was it his sin? They talk about his parents. Did they sin? Is that why he's blind? They talk about Jesus. He sinned because he did this on the Sabbath. But what Jesus talks about is light and life and love and the relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, about hearing the voice of the shepherd, about following, about, about being made safe. About abundance, and then if you think back to that marriage at Cana, talk about abundance. It was probably the third day of the wedding, and they were running out of wine. And as one commentator said, Jesus made so much wine it was probably dangerous to those who were present. <laughs> it was overflowing, wonderful wine. And then think about the feeding of the five thousand. Talk about abundance, and the disciples couldn't see it. They were limited in what they thought was possible. But Jesus said, Give them what you have. And as they gave, there was more and more and more. And everyone had enough to eat and more than enough. And they gathered up baskets full of the remainder. This is the abundant life that Jesus points to throughout the gospel. He doesn't talk so much about our sin as much as he talks about his love for us when we need The New Testament scholar uh, David Lose asks the question have we narrowed how we understand and talk about the salvation that Jesus brings? And then he goes on to say we tend to think of salvation mainly in terms of erasing sin and failure rather than the creation of new life and possibility. We're not only saved from something. But also for something, for life in all its abundance, here and now. And I would add to that that so many times uh, our conversations about salvation focus on us going to heaven. And for those of us who are getting up in years, that's something that's perhaps on our minds. But that's not all that salvation is about. The salvation Jesus talks about is for this life. It's to make this life full and rich and abundant. It would
1: be wonderful to know
0: what happened to that man, his healed over the years, as he lived into that healing, as he lived into a new life.
2: Archbishop of Canterbury, and for the worldwide. Community. In our Susan, Deborah, Danny, Jane.
3: to remember uh, the old parish house. And hopefully that will be dug up years and years from now and they will say, who are these crazy people at Trinidad School Church? Thank you. Also, Prince of Classroom, you does so as June 8th. And confirmation
4: friends
5: who haven't heard of today? Good morning. I'm Jane Lovett, your senior warden. I want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. Uh, I need to add a few comments to what Becky just said about Claudia. Um, she has been here so many hours that we were starting to look for pajamas and toothbrushes down in the She uh, She's a fantastic Gina Warden, but she is—I'm uh, not sure what we would do without her in terms of coordinating the move, orchestrating everything, having a great attitude throughout. So she's just been incredible. So we're so fortunate. session to tell me, that you either uh, attended one of the building forums uh, that we had in previous Sundays, uh, and you still can do the following, I hope that you can visit our website to look at the Hard Hat Herald, which gives you a lot of detail about all the wonderful progress so many people have made for treatment. Um, Thanks to the dedicated support of so many Christians, we really are uh, ahead of uh, schedule and it's doing a phenomenal job. Now, despite all the progress we've made, uh, there were two gaps that the vestry was very concerned sure about. Uh, one, well, we needed to find and identify and have as strong leaders for both our stewardship and our capital campaign, campaign uh, fundraising efforts. Today I'm very excited to report that a number of wonderful parishioners have stepped up to the plate and said they'll take on these important responsibilities. As you know, stewardship is a critical uh, year-long activity for Trinity in that it provides salaries for our clergy, our staff, it provides heat, it provides classrooms, support for our ministries, and I can go on for many different things. Uh, Stewardship is absolutely critical uh, for Trinity. In addition though, and and also in contrast, the capital campaign is is, uh, very important. That is providing our parish hall replacement, our new offices uh, that are much needed, uh, again better classrooms uh, below, and other um, important facilities. So both our the stewardship in capital campaign are really critical. With respect to stewardship, I'd like to thank John Anderson and his team for all that they've done in the previous years to build up. Uh, Stewardship uh, funds and uh, Trinity is far better because of all that John and his team did. I think John is traveling today, otherwise, uh, I acknowledge him uh, directly. So, but to build upon what John and his team accomplished, I'm really happy to report that two great commissioners have stepped forward to say that they will take on the stewardship campaign Ed Pruitt and put in John Stone. Both have said that they will take on this very important responsibility. I believe John is Respecting the capital campaign, uh, we also needed to identify some leaders to take up that beat. Fortunately, Walter Burge and Greta Morgan, uh, supplemented by important efforts by Brian and Lucy Rosborough, have done an outstanding job. I-, I believe that Greta is not here, and I believe that uh, the Rosboroughs are traveling. I know Walter.
4: Gracias. Now, this work of redemption and offering to you this sacrifice of thanksgiving. To whom with you and the Holy Spirit, your church gives honor, glory, and worship
1: from generation to generation.